We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. My name is Ty Windish, and I am joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Rohan Kadi, wearing just a striking magenta, would you say, Rohan? It's like, is it pink? It's, it's I, pink. I think it's pink. I mean, I, I thought it could be a magenta, but yeah, it's it's if you're not watching on YouTube this episode... At least check out the thumbnail or on social media to see at Watch GSPN, our Instagram page, which I promise I'm going to start updating again. Uh, but Rohan, how's it going? Nice, nice shirt choice. It's very Thank lively get, to wake me up on ready, this Monday morning. Getting ready for Barbenheimer. Oh, is that today or is that this week? Not today. That's yeah. this Friday or Thursday. Are you, are you going to do both? I don't know if I'm going to do both. I want to do both. I think I'm going to try to do both. I don't. I, I've wanted to do both. Um, I've been shot down by uh, the future Mrs. Eurostep on doing both, but I'm gonna watch them both eventually. This this weekend's a bit busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about Bucks Summer League. We're gonna do our Bucks stock market. Um, basically, post all of Summer League grades for the stocks. So um, very similar to how we did for the playoffs. Unfortunately, the, the same number of games we had to talk about for the playoffs this year. Um, instead of doing game by game stocks for summer league, uh, we're just gonna go uh, go. Why'd through. you drop that? Uh, you didn't have to say that. I, I live in misery uh, with the Bucks sometimes, but first we do have some news. So we found out since our last podcast, uh, Jay Crowder's contract is indeed for Vet Min. Eric Name came through and broke the news on that. So shout out to Eric Name. Um, honestly, I think a little surprising, but not totally surprising given. Like, we've seen, like, Eric Gordon took Vetmin. Like, I mean, if you want to play for a good team, there's just not that many other contract options out there anymore. No one has cap space, yada, yada. Um, but I think certainly given that the Bucks could have paid him anything up to the max because they had bird rights. And, you know, the only – the only it doesn't really help them for him to take less that much. It's just a tax bill thing. 
because the other bit of news was John Horst dropping that the Bucks will be in the second apron when all the cap nerds like myself thought they were ducking under it. We'll talk about that in a second. But the Crowder thing, it's like if they gave him five million, it's like, okay, we're still a second apron team. Like it's it, it surprised me a little bit. I figured he'd be able to get a little bit more. I know um Adam McGee is against this this move. I'm all for the flyer on Vet Min, considering in a hundred more minutes or ten times the sample or whatever, Crowder was very good in the regular season and then just had an awful 39 minutes in the playoffs. So bringing him in for Vet Min to try again seems like a good idea to me. Yeah, I I was not pro Bossman 99 coming back. But if it's for a vet min, yeah, absolutely. If it was anything above a vet min, I'd be like, ah, eh, maybe, maybe you can allocate. I mean, it's different because they had his bird right, so they couldn't really allocate resources elsewhere. But for a vet, if they were trying to duck under the second apron, coming back, uh, having Jay Crowder come back on a anything higher than a vet min, I was a little adverse to. But him coming back on a vet min, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like, take a flyer. The talent is there. Like, there is potential there uh, for him to fit really, really well on this team. So if it if it's a vetman, yeah, of course. Like again, you mentioned other players going for vetman, like uh, Eric Gordon, Bull Bull, those Malik type of Beasley. Players. Okay, <laughs> stop with the Bull Bull. <laughs> the Suns <laughs> dumping campaign to get Bull Bull made them worse. By the way, it did. It absolutely. Oh, did. that's something else we should talk about. I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions about this. The Suns pick swap deals where they keep getting these horrible, and I mean horrible. I don't know if you saw. What they got for the pick swap, they traded Orlando. Did you see the three second round picks? No. It's it's Denver 24, which is, okay, that's a bottom five second round pick. I mean, Denver is going to be very good in a conference of a lot of teams that are maybe good. Uh, the worst of Milwaukee and two other teams in 26. I think it's the worst of Milwaukee, Orlando, and somewhere else. So, again, like that's probably not going to be a very good pick in 2026. And then Boston's, I think, in 26 as well. But it's protected uh, 31 through 45 or 31 through 44. So it can only be 45 through 60. So most likely and Boston's always as much as we hate them, they're always good. I mean, you're not probably going to pick 35 with Boston second. Even if you were, uh, the Suns wouldn't be able to. And this was for, again, if, if people aren't sure what they're doing, they traded all their swaps once. They're doubling down on the swaps. So what they're doing is allowing, like in this case, Orlando, to swap between whatever the Suns get out of the worst or the yeah the worst of their and Brooklyn. I believe it's Brooklyn has the main rights on all of them. Their pick. So you know you have to have a pick every other year. Phoenix is essentially saying like we're so confident that we're going to be good in twenty five, twenty six, etc. That. Like, we, we know we won't be picking bad, so we're not worried about this. We'll take these crappy second-round picks to, you know, make a Jay Crowder-like trade or something. If it goes bad, it's going to go real bad. I mean, they're, they're giving themselves the worst of three first-round pick options in these years. The second apron pick thing, like, if they don't dump a bunch of salary next year, they'll have the worst the worst pick in the draft uh, seven years out going forward. I mean, they they should win a title in the next two years. The way they're operating, if they don't, I think that's a huge failure. People ask, could the Bucks do this? Yeah, they, they totally could. I mean, they owe swaps to the Pelicans, I believe, only in a couple of years coming up. Um, they can do that. As you see, like the value just is not that good. And I think Giannis under contract, 
maybe teams are a little more optimistic about the Bucks going forward than the Suns going forward with Kevin Durant and Brad Beal. We'll see. Um, but it's such a risky thing to do because if things go bad, I mean, you're guaranteeing basically you're going to be picking late in the first round every year, which you hope you would anyway. But, you know, like let's say let's say with Orlando, a team on the rise, right? I mean, they have Paolo, they have Franz, all these guys. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. just drafted a couple more guys in the first round. Let's say let's say Milwaukee and the Pelicans are both like kind of bad in two years, right? Uh, four years. Let's be more optimistic. It's like, oh, okay, the Pelicans get the swap, the Bucks suck, but we still get eleven. You do the Orlando thing. If Orlando's good, suddenly Orlando gets eleven, and you're getting Orlando's pick wherever they are. So you know it's it's risky. It's pro. It's very risky, which is why teams don't really do this. The easy analogy for the mortgage lender Matt Ishbia is. You know, he's leveraging the Suns up to their eyeballs, and he really is. Um, I, I would bet if there is some big swing in 24, a team would probably want to do this with the Bucks. And if you're getting the right kind of player, I mean, sure, go for it. Um, I, I would not – I don't – I'm not excited about the Bucks doing that for, like, two bad second-round picks. I'll say that. Yeah, especially because they already have some second-round picks to play with, like – you don't this is the only something you need to do when you're completely devoid of assets which the the Suns are. <laughs> they, yeah. They, without doing this you have absolutely no nothing to trade. Like they they have such a high salary that they couldn't even start uh trading cash in trades anymore. Oh yeah. Like yeah, it gets taken uh, away from the CBA. And so it's literally like forget forget the Crowder trade where you're sending five second round picks, some to salary dump guys I think, but some to get a player. You to like take in a contract, like you need to send something out. Like it's that that's a rule, and and you need to touch all the other teams in a trade. So they they needed something, and I don't know if they have any draft rights that that works too. But that obviously only goes so long. They they actually they actually I believe they used uh, some cash during the draft because otherwise the new CBA was gonna it was going to take it away. Some draft rights, yeah. So they're they're literally like running out of stuff you can send. Um, which is which is pretty wild. They have two TVs now. It's gonna be. I just. It's a fun experiment. I think what Phoenix is doing. Uh, it could go very well for them. It could go very poorly for them. But I do think if you don't get a title while KD is still KD, uh, you're in a pretty tough spot. It's just gonna be really hard to to flip those. Especially Beal still has his no trade clause. He could have gotten rid of it on the deal. He did not smartly after how it went last Why time for you? him. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, no one likes DeAndre Ayton, etc. Okay. Uh, but the Bucks are going to be a second apron team because of unlikely bonuses. So I don't know. Did you read the athletic Hollinger thing on this? Yeah. It's pretty simple. I mean, they kind of hyped it up. Like it was like, Oh, cap nerd, beware. You're going to need your copy of the CBS. That's basically like, yeah, Chris and Drew have unlikely bonuses and AJ Green's contract looks different because it's a minimum. So they're actually in the second apron because, it makes sense. So you can get hard capped at the second apron, basically. So they count all likely and unlikely bonuses. So even though it's the the Bucks for they may not have to pay this much, they're still treated as an over the second apron team because that's how the, the CBA gets around the loophole of like, you know, waiting to sign a guy who has a low cap hold. If you would be hard capped, you just can't do it at all. That idea. Um, so they're oper- operating as a second apron team. In year one, 
of the new CBA doesn't actually stop you from doing all that much. The trade rules are more prohibitive, so that we'll see. But it's not, you know, you can you can figure it out still. Um, the draft pick penalty is not until year two. The buyout restriction, which came up when campaign was salary dumped from the Suns to the Spurs. Um, the, the buyout restriction is in place for all first apron teams, but it's only on players making the non-tax MLE or more. So if you're not making more than, I think, 12.4 or 12.6 million. Well, yeah, something around, around 12 and a half. Yeah, around 12 and a half. It uh, doesn't apply. So if campaign got waived, the Bucks could sign him. Guys like Javon Carter, um, the Bucks could sign the next Javon Carter who gets waived. Hopefully they do. Uh, he was very good as a Buck. Um, so Come back, Javon Carter. Yeah, that'd be Bulls wave Javon Carter. Um, they may be stupid enough to do it. Um, so yeah, they're operating as a second apron team. It doesn't. I mean, they have to pay a little bit more. Again, we're seeing uh, uh, Jimmy and D Haslam ready to shell out the bucks apparently because uh, Milwaukee has continued to spend, which is good. We'll always say it's good when they do. But yeah, that was I guess news. Did you have any reaction to the the second apron thing? Not really. It's not. It's not like super, super surprising. You'll we'll still have to see uh, if the Bucks end the season uh, over the second apron. Uh, um, yeah, that and I guess that's the other thing that Crowder taking men helps with is they are they're very close to getting back under it. I think. Yeah. So it's like it's we'll see what happens. We know John Horst always loves to make some moves during the season at the trade deadline. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how the landscape changes because of this new CBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I, I don't think Trader John's going to be able to uh, resist no. that itch he has uh, during uh, every every trade deadline. So yeah, we'll we'll see if they uh, start to make some moves under to get under it. Um, I would be a bit surprised this year because if there's a year to do it, it's this year, like you mentioned. Yeah, uh, I would be I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get under it next season. I think they um, will um, get it under makes it sense next too. season. Yeah. Because then you start to get into the draft pick penalty thing, um, which is if you're over it. In three out of four years, or two out of three, two out of two out of four. So, if you, I think it's two out of four. If you're over the second apron in enough seasons in a row, um, you're from the first from when you first went over seven years out. Your pick is frozen, and if you go over it enough times, it's automatically less in the first round, which is insane. No, I think I, I I could be wrong here, but I think if you're over the second apron, it is frozen. Yeah, and then if you're two out of four yes. years, it automatically becomes the last pick of the draft. Correct. Yeah, and it doesn't get unfrozen until you prove you're not going to go over it enough times in those so years. Five years. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, unless you duck under right away the next year for like two years straight, I think then it does. But I always forget. But yeah, it's very prohibitive. So, and the Bucks could, I think, pretty easily get under it um, for next season. So we'll we'll see how much they prioritize that. Again, I've I've laid it out. I don't want to hype out people too much. I had Pal in the Discord, join the GSPN Discord at gspn.info, um, said, you're hyping up this 2024 trade so much they're going to end up with Harrison Barnes. And I just said, that would be bad. Um, that would What's not wrong? be... I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Harrison Barnes. If that's their big swing. I mean, maybe not if that's their big swing, but I've been I've been wanting some Harry B on the bus He keeps getting older. I know you have, but he keeps getting older. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. I, Harrison Barnes himself is fine, but that's it. I think next draft is star hunting time. I just it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, we will see that. Anything else before uh, summer league stocks? I don't know. Can we can we keep talking? But uh, <laughs> you don't want to. Summer league stocks. You're not excited. They're gonna about be a little depressing. Yeah. 
Outside of outside of a few players, it's going to be a bit depressing. Let's just get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I think we have to start with your son first. The player we were most excited about. The player our last podcast, Marjan Bochamp, is him. Uh, he was on a milk carton for the second two games he played. Where did you fall ultimately on Marjan's uh, stock total for summer league? I get plus two. I also gave plus two, so we are in line so far. I, I, I was down to plus one, and then you know I, I didn't think he was bad in game three. I just thought he was quiet, like he just didn't shoot very much, and I don't think he scored at all. Game four, he was not good, and just I, I don't know really what happened. But then I thought back to the first two games, how good he was, and the traits on display. Um, the shot is still concerning, like he still is not shooting all that well, and. I just really think he's got to be Noah bound for like a month now before the season. But overall, I still thought he was impressive enough and showed enough like physically and what he could do around the rim to be a plus two, which is tied for the second highest valuation I had. Uh, I gave no, we did, we did between minus and plus four. I gave one minus four and no plus fours. We'll get there. Uh, there's, there's, there are the, there's a good amount of minuses in here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> It's uh, but yeah, Marjan. It's like it, it's difficult. Like we have to put this in the context of summer league as well. So it's like if you are able to showcase your skills, like obviously we we want Marjan to come out here and dominate summer league all four games he played, like put up like thirty points or something. But that's not who he is. That's not what he's going to do. That's not the talent that he has. Like, the, the guys who are going to do that are, like, high, high lottery picks and guys who have established. Like, Jabari Smith Jr. coming out of dominating summer league is fine. Like, yeah, I hope you do. Like, come on. Like, like do that. Like, uh, what uh, what's the guy with the name on the Pistons who Monty Williams that wants to arrange marriage his daughter with? Um, who had, like, 40 last night. Well, wasn't um, it one of the uh, – Asar Thompson? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, there's another one? Asar. It was. It wasn't a Thompson. It was another rookie. He's really uh, that was a wild, wild quote for Monty Williams. I, I like. I wonder. Like, it, it, does Monty want his daughter to move out? Is that the sub, or is he just really like? I, I don't know. It's yeah. Apparently, he said it before too. It it was it was absolutely crazy. Marcus Sasser. That's oh, it. I thought it was both. I thought he no, said it was both. both but oh, I'm, yeah. I'm saying oh. Marcus Sasser had forty last night. Oh, gotcha. Uh, like th- those type of players, like yeah, you want them to come out and uh, dominate summer league. But Marjan's not that guy. Like he he's a he's a twenty something overall pick. Well, it wasn't uh, Sasser too. Set, I guess, but it's uh, like, I, I wanted a little more than this from Marjan. I still worry okay, I'm, I'm being too generous. It's it's also like it's also not his game to be a scoring guard. Yeah, it seemed like it was. It did seem like it was, and I was very, very excited about it. But again, like you saw, like we all saw the flashes, we all saw the scoring potential. And again, the later games, like maybe I'm just trying to give him too much credit here, but like the intensity starts to fall off a cliff. Everyone's ready to leave Vegas after three days in any context. Yeah. No one wants to be in Vegas longer than three days. Sorry to people living in Las Vegas, but people visiting don't want to be there for that long. So I did have yeah, to cut the whole team some slack for that. Yeah, after the after the first like weekend, the intensity falls off a cliff. Like n- like the stands are empty now again, and it's just like, okay, what are we sort of doing? My point guard's gonna dribble the ball uh in, in into into oblivion. 
yeah. and just try and uh, just they everyone's everyone's out here trying to get their own shot. Like Marjan knows he has a secured role mm-hmm. in the NBA. Most of these guys do not. Yeah, he averaged 13 points, shot 42% from the field, 26% from three, 66% from that's free a, throw. That's yeah, the, the shooting splits are not good. Uh, 4.3 rebounds, two assists, half a steal, 2.8 turnovers. Only three personal fouls, which is very low for the Bucks Summer League team. Uh. Overall, overall, his whole Summer League, although the – the best was early and the worst was obviously later. I, I do think it's fair to say plus two because some of the rim finishing and all of the and ones were really impressive. And that's like the kind of traits things that you can say. And like he can do that. Like we've seen him do that. Um, I, I think it's it's fair enough. Um, Would have obviously liked a better like game four. Um, he doesn't play game five, which again, it's like, yeah, we're just letting we're letting some of these guys show out now. But overall, good. Not great summer league for Marjan. We'll see uh, what his role looks like in the regular season. How about Andre Jackson Jr.? Andre Jackson Jr., I gave I think, a plus one. Uh, yeah, we're going to vary here. I gave him a minus two. So as Ooh. a reminder, as a reminder, stocks are it, – it's not a universal grading. It depends on where you looked at a player coming in, right? So, you know, if Marjan was undrafted like and played the way he did – it would have been probably higher than plus two. Like we have expectations for Marjan. As someone who Jordan Chesky and I said, oh yeah, Andre Jackson Jr. is, you know, could be in the rotation year one. That expectation, their highest draft pick, a top 36 dra- player in this draft, according to the Bucks. I thought he was very disappointing. Like I didn't think, I didn't think it looked like he could play in the NBA this year. That's, and I'm not saying he for sure can't. And I've said all along that he will look better in a real team than on this summer league team, which I think is true for a lot of guys. But he did not look good. I mean, he he did not look like he had figured out enough counters to the shot. The shot was horrible. He kept shooting. He shot 20% from three. He shot 33% overall. He had 2.4 assists to 3.6 turnovers. He had 4.6 fouls per game. He had some outstanding moments for sure. The double block, the chase downs. You know, a putback. That's pretty much the only positive plays he had, though. I mean, I, I just think he didn't look like he had enough to overcome the lack of shooting. And it was a huge issue for the Bucks Summer League team. Uh, he did average. He led the team in rebounding, 6.4 boards. Like, he certainly is the athlete he was advertised as. But after watching this, I was pretty concerned about his ability to play year one, quite honestly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's fair. That's also fair. I think we had different expectations. Yeah. Uh, uh, going into this, like, I was, like, I, I think he... In my opinion, I thought maybe there's a chance he could be in the rotation. Like I've called him the backup point guard on this roster. Like, That's not how times now. Yeah. See, the th- the thing is, I think that was more of an indictment on the roster than my confidence in Andre Jackson Jr. Sure, um, but on draft day is when Jordan and I were like, oh, just looking at him himself, we yeah. were like, oh yeah, I think maybe he could play. It seems like his defense, his floor awareness. I mean, he had some ugly turnovers as well. I, I just. So that outside of the backup point guard by default, basically thing, um, I, I had real expectations. I thought he was going to be more of an NBA ready guy, and I just I don't think so. So maybe we just differed in starting point there. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is because I didn't I didn't have a ton of real expectations. I thought he was going to be a bit raw, like a, a, yeah. a bit like he's going to struggle. Like his shot is garbage. His shot is absolute garbage. They need to remake that thing. Like they should they should have already started remaking that. Yeah, because it it's just like it's a push shot from wherever. Yeah, it's like sh- every single shot is either short or like that. The, all his misses, the majority of his misses are short, and you understand why he can't get his feet under it. He can't get good power on his shots. That's tough. <laughs> like it, it's re- it's really tough to be like respectable is even a strong word. Like people might close out on you if they want to get some cardio in type of NBA shooter. Like, if you want to be that, you need to remake your shot from scratch. So, that's it. I was teetering between a plus one and a zero. Uh, just because, like, his defensive uh, highlights. So, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're a bit, like, encouraging. His drives, his athleticism was very, very, very encouraging. Like, there was, like, I think it was the first or the second game where he had just, like, caught the ball in the corner and got a dunk off a drive, even though the defender was there. And it's like, yeah. The Bucks really could use that type of pop, that type of burst. Like, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So that's that's why I was a little more optimistic and not straight up giving him a negative. But you're right. Like, the, the overall level of play was not there at all. Yeah. So maybe it's my fault for expecting too much. But I'm sticking with it because I was just, like, constantly waiting for more. And it just wasn't there. Like, the playmaking... There, it, what, there were some good passes, but I'd say there were more bad than good passes. And I think that was one of the most disappointing parts. Um, I just thought overall I hoped he would be able to figure out a little bit more offensive utility and just look better, you know, maybe via playmaking. And the defense, like he, the, the defensive splash plays were there. I thought overall I, I was not like, oh, my God, this guy's like a DPOI or all defense level defender. Um, I will see. Maybe that's maybe that's unfair. Um, a summer league is always a mess. And again, I'm not saying I'm out on Andre Jackson Jr. going forward, but just looking at summer league, uh, his summer league was was not encouraging. Let's go to the other draft pick. Um, my guy, Chris Livingston. Where did you come at for Chris's stock? Plus two. I did plus three. Basically, Ooh, okay. so, so I came in, and again, this is my expect. My expectations are a big factor in my stocks. My thought coming into summer league and post draft was Andre Jackson Jr. Like you know, probably maybe not playing just because the roster is pretty loaded again. But if there's a trade or injuries, he's going to be ready to play. On the other hand, Chris Livingston, 
oh, like years away, like a project. Like I don't expect much at all. Don't don't know if he you, knows you how to said, play. You said, I think at our last pod, I don't want to see him play for the Bucks until 2025. Yeah. Um, and I'm moving it up to 2024 is where I'm at. And that's that's uh, people are like, oh, is he going to play this year? You think I'm like, oh, probably not. I mean, they're still pretty deep. He's still pretty raw, but he looks a lot closer than I thought. And he has he, here's my I, I teased a hot take yesterday. I think Chris Livingston is going to contribute for the Bucks before Andre Jackson Jr. Like, I think he is going to beat I him. agree with you. He's going to beat him to being an NBA role player because you just see all this stuff now. Like, uh, like. Andre Jackson Jr.'s path to contributing, I, I didn't think he needed the jumper. Now I'm like, he might need some sort of jumper. We'll see with real spacing if he looks better offensively. But he was not able to do enough with the ball in his hands to be a credible point guard, I don't think, which I kind of thought before Summer League 2. A lot of people yelled at us. I don't know if you saw YouTube and, or Twitter. A lot of people, Andre Jackson Jr. is the point guard. Go watch the Summer League tape. Tell me that guy's the point guard. Let's see him run a pick and roll. Let's see Let's see how hard defenses can drop against the Bucs because that's what we're going to find out from those pick and rolls. Chris Livingston, though, the shot looks good. He shot 27%, like doesn't, doesn't make it. He needs to speed it up a little. And I know uh, Jordan and our Discord linked the uh, Adam Spinella, Coach Spins, Box and One video on him. And that was one of the big takeaways there, too. But, like, mechanically, it's a good-looking shot. And if he's wide open, he knocks him down. He tries to force it sometimes. He just get a little faster. But in the arc, like, he's unstoppable. I mean, he drives like a grown man at 19. He's got a really good jump stop. Like, he scores within the arc. I would say Marjan was up there. But Livingston was, like, maybe as good. Like, it was close. Like, he really excels at getting through contact, operating even within that cramped spacing. He's a good cutter. The, the stuff he does, I'm all about. Like, I, I was watching him closely on defense. And, like, he's calling out, like, where guys should go, where guys should rotate. He's got a motor. He played more total minutes than anyone else for the Bucks in Summer League. I mean, he played 26.7 minutes per game, all five games. And these are only 40-minute games. So he is out there for most of every game, putting in maximum effort the whole time. Had some strong plays defensively. Overall average 10.6 points on only 8.2 shots per game. Shot 51% total. So again, from, from two was much better than from three. Only 57% from free throw, which isn't great. Small sample. 5.8 boards, 1.6 assists. Two turnovers, which again, for Bucks Summer League, is a pretty low number. It's like, yeah, this guy fills out, gets a little bit stronger, and speeds up the shot. And that's a good NBA wing player. Also, he's, what, 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan? Like... He does like it, it, that'll play. I still don't expect him to like start the year in the rotation, but this is a guy where it's like, yeah, let's get him in the weight room with Giannis for a full year, you know, learning from some of the other wing players on the team, working with Adrian Griffin. I don't think he's that far away as a 19 year old. Like, I think in his young 20s, he will be a real NBA player. I think ultimately he will be a good NBA player. So I came away with Chris Livingston as my biggest winner of Summer League. I was very impressed. It's it's hard not to be. He looks like a, a a modern prototypical NBA power forward. Like he he looks like he first of all, um, the his body as advertised being NBA ready. Absolutely true. Like you saw that when you were talking about like his drives looking like a grown man in there. Yes, absolutely. He moves fluidly. And before I even I I should even preface this by setting my saying my expectations. 
I was in the same camp as you. I had zero expectations for Chris Livingston. I, I thought he was going to be an absolute project. I thought he was going to look like a like a lost deer in the headlights uh, over there. Uh, this is a fun YouTube view. Um, yeah. How do you get my little light on? Messing around. Yeah, yeah. His face in Sorry. The camera. Uh, uh, no, I'm telling people to watch the YouTube. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Uh, it's... I, I didn't have a ton of expectations going in. Like, I thought he was going to be an absolute project, but he he looked more NBA-ready because he has those, like, big wing skills. Like, he can switch down. Like, he can he can guard up. Like, the, these type of things. And if he's open and he can shoot, you're right. He needs to speed up his shot. But, yeah, he's got the IQ. He's got the skills. And it's let, let me say this also. It's much, much easier to come in with NBA-ready skills as, like, uh, like a – like a, a a standstill shooting guy on offense, if you're like a like a power forward, rather than to be a ball handler like Andre Jackson Jr. projects to be, like it's it's a lot easier to come in without the ball in your hands and make a make some plays rather than um, if if you want to have the ball in your hand. It takes like a few years to sort of develop. That's why young point guards aren't usually that good. It takes them years and years to get feel for the NBA, developed and and up to speed. So I think it, it's it's. I don't want to be too harsh on Andre Jackson Jr. because it's like, yeah, it's it's more difficult. Like he's he's go he projects to have a way more difficult role in the NBA. But man, Chris Livingston, that he he looks like he looks like the version of like a switchable wing slash big that the Bucks have been looking for ever since PJ Tucker left. Yeah, just like that big, physically big wingspan, big wing who moves well, uh, can take on defensive assignments. Like I I kind of hope. He sneaks into the rotation some games this year because I'm excited to see, you know, again, I don't think he's going to be a permanent rotation fixture, but, you know, some guys are, are out with a nagging injury or resting. Like, I, w- I want to see him just defending NBA wings for like 20 minutes sometime in December and just see what it looks like. Like, I- I'm going to be very closely glued to how he's playing. I think speeding up the shot, and I think it's much easier to speed up a good functional jump shot, of course, than it is to like basically reinvent someone's jumper. Like I I don't think the jumper should be that far off for Livingston. Um, You know, do I think he's going to be like a apex creator wing? No, I just don't think he's like, he's not crazy with the ball. And I think he looks a lot better when someone's setting him up versus him creating the offense himself. Again, that's fine. Like if he can be a big disruptive wing, who can score off cuts. He's just got great touch around the basket. Like I think he said in an interview to the Bucks, um, the Bucks journalists, like, you know, I'm more of a scorer than people think. I just didn't get to showcase it at Kentucky. Certainly looked like that was the case. So uh, he's the big winner for me for Bucks Summer League. I thought at 50, 58 overall, you know, expectations should always be low. But man, it looks like the Bucks might have really done something here. Getting, you know, giving him the guarantee to give him the four year deal um, and making sure he fell to 58. Like, that's going to, that might look like some genius engineering in a couple of years. And it's really like more draft creativity than we've probably ever seen from the Bucks. Like, this, this second round and getting the Orlando pick for Andre Jackson and then, you know, working with the agency to get Chris Levingston to 58, give him that guaranteed four year deal. By the way, like, I think by year two, that could look like a much better deal for the Bucks than for Chris Livingston. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very impressed with – I think he got better as the games went on too, which is a good sign. And not just for, like, recency bias, but 
like, oh, getting more used to the team, getting more used to that level of play. You know, he didn't wilt at all. He was locked in the whole time. I love the motor. I love trying to be a good vocal defender. Um, yeah, I was I was very excited. Certainly wasn't perfect. I had some things to iron out. I still think he's more of a next year role player. But as you said, that's a lot sooner than a 2025 uh, role player for the Bucks. So, um, yeah, big winner for me. I think this pot I'll call Chris Livingston is him. Um, all right, who should we talk about next? I think that's that's a curse at this point in time. Yeah, maybe I won't. Never mind. I'll do Nico Mannion as him. Okay, Nico Mannion. Let's just, let's just do it. He's my minus four. Yeah. Shot terrible. Uh, pull up the exact number. He just wouldn't stop shooting. 4.8% from three. Seven attempts per game. 21 threes. He made one. He missed 20 of his 21 threes. He also shot 27% from the field, so it's not like he was great from two. Uh, four assists to 2.3 turnovers. I mean, he's making more threes than two. More twos than threes. Well, I would hope he would shoot more than 4% from t- two. <laughs> um, there's an error in this stat because they're not counting his threes as turnovers. That number should be higher. He just kept shooting when he should have not, um, which was also the issue for Craig Randall, who I gave a minus three who shot 31% from the field and 20% from three, you know, like stop, stop shooting. Like Omari Moore is on this team, Jazzy and Gortman. I mean, Lindell ends up playing Livingston, Bochamp, like Andre Jackson. These are the guys I want to see do stuff. And these gunners, I mean, I get it. They're trying to get a job, whatever. I don't think these performances help Nico Mannion and Craig Randall uh, get, get NBA or, or overseas jobs though. Do you have uh, any more thoughts on Randall or those guys? Just like it has some self awareness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I know that's easier for me to say than to them, but like, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what team is like. I just want a guy who guns and ignores his better players getting hot. Like I just feel like playing the game the right way would, would help you more, but I've I've never never vied for a, a professional basketball contract, so Grain of salt. There was another guy who I kind of felt this way about and turned it around all the way to plus one. Taco Fall. Taco gave some good minutes by the end of Summer League. Um, He'll never be uh, an NBA player, but shot 78% from the field, which is pretty crazy. 71% from free throw with his crazy form. Only 4.4 rebounds. Um, Only 1.2 turnovers, though. Uh, Unfortunately, got hurt in the final game. Yeah, something with his wrist. Um, which is, as you said, certainly unfortunate, but played all five games. You know, he's big. He's very he, big. He's he, large. He, he he leverages his his biggest or his best skill, which is being big, uh, somewhat efficiently. <laughs> like you could even hear the commentators like during the game, like, bro, I just want him to catch the ball and go up. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, he like, kept he kept doing that. Gun. <laughs> do you know how many blocks per game he averaged? Do I know? Yeah, I do. 1.6. It's just not enough if you're 7-4 playing in a league full of well, shooting he, guards. They also they also did not really try him at the rim a ton. Well, decent amount, I would say. I know, but you would always see, like, I, I saw a bunch of guys just, like, shading away from the rim when they got to it. Yeah. Like, Taco Falls there. Yeah. Because it's like a lot, of, a lot of summer league guys are undersized. And oh, it's, yeah. like, trying to go up against an oversized man. Like, the only, yeah, the you, only you, player. You're not going to want to try it. The only player I've ever seen who, if he was 6'11", there's no shot he would get a summer league spot, which is crazy to say. Where do you want to go? Should we do the, the other Bucks guys? We're kind of – we're all over the place now. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's only other 
Oh no, there's there's two others. There's three others. What? AJ Green, Lindell Wiggins. Oh yeah, there's three and there's Amari three Moore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Amari. Sorry, Amari. <laughs> uh, let's do AJ. I gave him a minus one. I gave him a minus one. It's like, come on, like you just you you have a roster spot now. Like, can I, you do something? He barely played. He shot 43% from three. Like, he just didn't really do anything else. He played only 10 minutes a game, though. Like, whatever. It's not that serious. He hit his threes, which is good. Didn't do anything else at all. Barely played. It, it's just, it, it wasn't inspiring. No. So I'll say that. That's 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 really it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, am I worried about AJ Green going forward? No. But... Would it have been nice if we played a little more all-around game? Yeah. But I think with all of these, like, and, you know, your reluctance to even talk about this, there's some of the team was just a mess. Like, it was not, like, there, there was no spacing. I mean, some of the generally is, but um, wasn't wasn't great overall. Yeah. Is that is that an indictment on uh, Adrian Griffin, Ty? Yeah. I mean, and Horst for just not putting together a good group. I, people trying to take away strategically – like like those takeaways, I think are crazy because it's it's just it's summer league. It's a mess. So I'm not worried about Adrian Griffin's like coaching. It's more just like this team was just not ideal. Um, Lindell Wigginton. This is actually a big one to talk about. We should have talked about Lindell earlier. The other bit of news is John Horst mentioned. Lindell is uh, essentially the backup point guard. He did confirm he's on a two-way still, which we didn't know. Uh, Lindell, I thought, I thought looking at the numbers, he actually played better than I remember. And I think he only played two games. The Bucs were not good by the time he started playing. He and AJ both missed the first two games, the only ones the Bucs won. So I think the whole team was so meh that I, I was downgrading him, even though it wasn't his fault, really. I ended up on plus two for Lindell. I, I ended up on a plus one. Yeah, that's fair. Like maybe, maybe I was a little too harsh, but I had higher expectations going in, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like I did I've, as well. I've always been a big, yeah, big believer in Lindell, and it's like if if you're G, if the GM of the Bucks is going on record like, hey, by the way, this, this Lindell Wigginton, like, you're a backup point guard, <laughs> like, yeah. And, you, and you're coming up like doing this. Like, obviously, he did play well. Like, fifty-three percent from the field is fine. Like, seventy-one point four percent from three is not sustainable More, at all. But. No, but it is another good sign that the shooting pickup last year was real. I mean, Lindell's thing is in the G League, he wasn't a great shooter, and then last season he was like thirty-nine percent from three, and he continued to take. I mean, three point five attempts per game in nineteen minutes. Like, he seems like the shooting is kind of real, which is a big deal for Lindell. Yeah, I mean, you want it. Yeah, you you want that shooting to translate, and obviously, if he is going to be the Bucks' backup point guard, like, yeah, you're going to need to be a shooter, and he did showcase that. Maybe plus one is a little harsh. Maybe it should be a plus two. Yeah, um, uh, the assist to turnover is not good. It was one point five. Yeah, to 3. the three and a half turnovers per game isn't great. No, um, how many of those are his fault? Though? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I I'm not going to go watch all the tape because it's it it's really it hurts the eyes. Um, but like I, I gave him the extra one for like the team is such a mess thing. He also almost led them in scoring despite playing a full 10 minutes per game less than Marjan. He scored 0.3 points less. So like, you know, he was a very efficient scorer in his time. 
uh, with the Summer League team. He had a steal and a half per game, which also led the Bucks Summer League, despite, again, only playing 19 minutes per game. So, like, he did his thing to a certain extent. I, I don't think it was bad at all. He didn't wow me, but I, I thought he did play pretty well. Um, and the shooting seeming real still is a nice thing. No, he's not going to shoot 70% in the regular season. But I- I'll give him a couple games and camp to see what he can do if there's no obvious point guard deal out there. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, see, like, see what he can do. Like, if you if you want to like be a team that has homegrown talent, like, yeah, Lindell's been in the le- uh, in the Bucks org for a while now. Like, what is it? Three years? Yeah, four years. I think this is this would be year four. I four. think. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. So it's like, yeah, like leverage the talent. Like, use the guy, reward the guy. Like, he's been putting in the work and he's been showing out. Like, yeah, he he, he deserves it. Actually, speaking of two ways, there's one other bit of news we'll cover real quick. The Bucks were at the Harry Giles workout. Yeah, they were one of four or five teams there. So, you know, I I think everyone expects it to be a point guard. So technically, right now, it's Lindell and Amari Moore are on two ways. Jazzy and Gortman has not been officially signed to a two way deal. We'll talk about Gortman in a second. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to have him as a big winner of summer league. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. But Harry Giles, if the Bucks want some more size, I mean, again, they have Robin Lopez now, but really, that's their only. I mean. Giannis and Bobby have size. They're not prototypical centers. If the Bucks wanted another center, uh, Giles could be a two-way option. But here's uh, here's a fun fun some fun trade news. Oh, well, what's up? Joel Embiid on his future aspirations. I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it is in Philly or anywhere else. I just want to have a what? Trip. Yeah, where did that come from? Who who sent it? Who sent what? Like who's reporting it? I told I've not seen. No, it's just a video of him. Oh, all right, cool. Here, I'll I'll send it to you. Well, yeah. Um, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I think it would be pretty risky for Daryl Morey to just like have James Harden not showing up into the season, especially since their big plan is cap space next year. Which uh, cap space this year was like, oh hey, we can. Uh, we got Fred Van Vliet for $50 million a year, or we moved up two spots in the draft by taking a bad contract. Like, cap space is not what it used to be. Um, interesting. All right, you want to talk about Amor- Amari Moore? Yeah, Amari Moore, I feel like I didn't learn a ton. I didn't really learn a ton. Kind of baffling that he didn't play more. I don't understand why. I, I don't really – I don't get it. Like – Especially in the first two games, he was just like he played like five minutes a game or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and it's just like I I I don't know what to expect. And then the team fell off a cliff. Like this this team was so disorganized, so janky that it's hard to learn anything about any ball handler yeah. that was in this situation. Yeah, and that's that's sort of how I feel about Lindell as well. Even though I, it's on a positive side, but here it's like Amari Moore. It's like. I, I genuinely don't know what to take. I put him as a zero because I genuinely don't know what to take away. I gave him one, and it was just because I thought he plays bigger than I thought. Like, I, he and Gortman both. Like, I think their their uh, wingspan and, like, actual, like, how big they appear on the court. I didn't realize how big Amari Moore would look compared to other, like, NBA-ish caliber players. Um, he just didn't get to do much, though. I mean, he shot 40% from the field, 33% from three. But these are really tiny sample sizes. 
Um, I thought overall he looked intriguing, and I'm going to have fun watching him in Oshkosh. But yeah, unfortunately, there's not that much we can say because he played so little. Like, I don't understand why you play Nico Mannion 23 minutes a game in his games and play Amari Moore half that when we know Amari Moore is the guy we want to see. Um, and I think Gortman is kind of the same deal. We saw him, it felt like a lot early. He ends up playing nine minutes per game total in Summer League. Um, I also had him at a plus one. I, I like there were some really fun moments. I had him at a plus one as well. It's like you you can obviously see the flashes yeah. with him. So it's 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 like, yeah, he, it's easier to give him a plus one rather than Amari Moore. He was like a plus three after the first game. And then like like basically just kept heat checking in his minutes and ends up shooting 22% from three, 41% from the field, had one assist to two and a half turnovers. Like none of the guards looked like your typical point guard, which is a little concerning. Not that you expected Amari Moore or Gortman to come in and be Chris Paul. And as you said, it is hard to come in as a distributor. Um, but he didn't play that much. And I thought had some kind of bad habits and tendencies, like would shoot really early, would shoot off the dribble quite a bit. And would have liked to see him try to be a little bit more of an organizer in his minutes. Yeah. It's like you want him to try and see if he can corral the ball, corral the offense a little bit more. But again, it's, it's tough to really put that on him yeah. with how janky summer league is like, Man, this isn't the best bat. This is some of the worst basketball yeah, I've ever watched. I'm the glad last you three rephrased games of it. Bucks Summer League are some of the worst like games of basketball I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, I think um, if it wasn't for Livingston having some moments, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have gotten through all of it. I turned off the garbage time of Game Four. I'm going to admit that to you. This is a safe space. Yeah, um, I did watch the garbage time in Games Three and Five, though. I do have some garbage time takes. We'll get there. Oh boy. Iverson Molinar uh, played with the I, Herd. I gave, I gave him a plus two. I also gave him a plus two. Gets to the cup, man. Got to the cup really well. Finished there well. 58% from the field. Here's the issue with Iverson Molinar. Did not attempt a three. And it's just like, she's going to be hard. I mean, he's self-aware. I just don't think he's a very good shooter. He's got to lock himself in the gym and hit those threes. He also shot 50% from free throw. But again, that's like... I think he was one for three. So it's an incredibly small sample. Um, But one assist to one turnover, one rebound. Like basically he showcased he has one plus skill, which is getting to the cup. I thought he defended pretty well too. I mean, wasn't like revolutionary, but he's physical. He's strong for his size. Um, But he got to the cup really well. And he was one of like, there was a couple points, I think over two different games, he played in three total where it was like, oh, that's the only offense they have for like a quarter is Iverson Molinar getting to the cup, which again, I think he gets the extra bump because, like, the team was so disjointed. The spacing was so bad. And there were still multiple games. You're like, oh, wow. That was, you know, they really needed him to get to the rim those two times and and score. Um, So I thought a really impressive showcase. Probably, I mean, he was, like, what, the fifth most anticipated point guard of the Bucks summer league team. And I think only Lindell clearly played better than he did. I'd say, yeah, I'd say for sure, like, it, he started. He's also a guy who got better as the games went on. Yeah, which is like something you want to see. Like you want to see him learn the game. Same thing like you were saying with Chris Livingston. Yeah, is like yeah, you want to see him adapt and learn and get uh like showcase what he can do in the context of him learning the game as these games go on. So yeah, Iverson Molinar, like he he impressed me. He impressed yeah. me a lot. Yeah, I'd say he. If we're talking big winners, I'd say Livingston, sort of Marjon, 
Um, but if, especially if it's like, you know, the guys we hadn't seen before, Molinar is, is up there. Probably number two for me, honestly. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, putting like Bochamp and Wigginton aside, I think those guys played pretty well too. Drew Timmy. Oh, I gave plus two. Plus two? I gave plus one. It was just like, sure, I expected nothing of him. Yeah, uh, like I, I thought, I thought, nothing. I thought like college stiff who wasn't going to be able to, I, I didn't think he even looked good at this level and really could never be an NBA player. I came away from this like he could be like a, a fourth big on an NBA team if he develops like two skills more. Yeah, it's. It's just like it's it's again he's a smaller post up big like it's unless you're Jonas Valanciunas you're not really gonna like survive. Doing he took that. some threes. He did. He's got to like, take more. Uh, That's the thing. He shot thirty three percent from three. I mean, like I know I'm less than one attempt a game. Like, well, yeah, he only played nine minutes. Know, he needs to shoot still, more. Like, there were there were some he turned down, but like the shot looks nine good. Nine minutes. AJ Green's getting up twenty shots in that time. <laughs> um, he only he only took three times the attempts. AJ Green gets that thing up. Good for him. Um, but Timmy, like, the, <laughs> hey, you what now? All right, he can he can score around the rim pretty well. Like, I, I looked at him and I was like, if everything goes really right for him, like he could probably be like current Frank Kaminsky someday. I think that's fair. Which I is think good. A pretty good comparison. I, yeah. yeah, it's like it's reasonable. Like he's like he's gonna grab some rebounds. He's can he moves laterally better than I thought. And, like, he clearly, he's been experimenting with the three. He's got to take it more. He's got to be, for that to happen, he's got to be, like, a, you know, 38% on four attempts per game kind of shooter. And there was some, like, pick and pops he just wouldn't take. And it's like, you need to take those, dude. Like, if you're going to ever make it, you need to take those. But I came into summer league, like, yeah, he's never going to be an NBA player. Um, he's going to be on the herd this year. He signed an Exhibit 10. And I hope to see him work on that shot and, and have a good uh, a good G League season. You know, I wasn't, like, wowed, but, like, there were some moments in the first two games especially where, like, he was moving around pretty well defensively, like, getting out to rotations. Again, taking the threes I liked. He has some good moves around the post. Um, he had some games where he was probably one of their best four or five players in that game. Didn't play a lot overall. And, you know, I, again, I'm not like, oh, I need him on a two-way or anything. Uh, but I, I did I did come away from this thinking, yeah, Timmy could end up being an NBA player, you know, two years from now if – if he really develops, I think that's a best case for him, but I think it's possible, which I really didn't before. So I guess I'd, I'd say he's a bit stiffer than a current Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Less stiff and than I thought, like, but just, more stiff than Kaminsky. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so difficult. How, how big to, is uh, he? To just six ten? Oh, okay. So that's not, that's not small. It's smaller, and I think he, he doesn't have like a plus, like a massive wingspan or anything. Yeah, I mean that's we can live with that. Who's we? The NBA. <laughs> we 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 dictate the NBA. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just pessimistic. Like, You're a I, hater. I, like obviously, You're I, a Drew I, Timmy I hater. I want him to succeed. I I'm want, gonna tell like, him. I want all these guys to succeed. I'm gonna tell him. Oshkosh, first interview. Rohan Kadi is a Drew Timmy pessimist. How does that make you feel? And he's gonna cry. He's gonna be like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> if he cries, that's such that's such a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant I meant because he, he cherishes if, your opinion so much, as does uh, everyone. That's what okay. I meant. No, yeah, 
Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I'd say like some guy he's never heard about it. No, 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 no. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows Rohan. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's a. It, it, he's definitely not. I'm not going to be scared of him like Admiral Schofield, though. Yeah, of course not. Um, you shouldn't be. Yeah, love you, Admiral. Yeah, the other the other big man to talk about besides yeah, Admiral James Schofield. Johnson. Can't forget about yeah, Bloodsport. Uh, Tyler Cook. I think. You showed me some stuff. I gave him a plus two. I'll say this. I, I think Timmy has a better shot at making the NBA than Tyler Cook. That's fair. I just I think I think Tyler Cook has like the, the benefit of like more athleticism. Oh yeah, for sure. But he's like a six eight center. And that's yeah, just that's, that's hard. And he does not shoot any threes at all. I mean he did not attempt a single one. He shot sixty nine point two percent from two. Like he is a great dunker spot finisher, four rebounds. Also recorded zero blocks. And it's like, okay, you can't shoot. You can't block shots. You can't really protect the rim. He's a good dunker spot finisher. Like, he had some good dunks. That's just not That's not an NBA player. Like, it's just too hard. I think, you know, his pathway to go overseas and have a very good season is certainly there. Um, but I just think physically it's going to be tough for him. I think he played about as well as you could expect overall. Thought he had a very good summer league. He helped the Bucks summer league team. Um, I gave him the plus two, but I just think I needed to see more skills than really just like some good rebounding, but I needed to see more skills than just finishing at the rim and dunking. And it just really was not on display. Yeah, I think, I think I, if I, if I'm being fair here, if I give Drew Timmy a plus one, I have to give Tyler Cook a plus one. Yeah. So I'm going to change, I'm going to change that okay. to a plus one. Cause they were, they were kind of similar in, in, in my mind and their performances. Like, yeah. Yeah, you showed some stuff, but there's some glaring weaknesses that it's like, I don't know if this is going to ever translate at the NBA level. Yeah, I think you could say Cook probably played a little bit better, but in a way that's just less sustainable for um, higher levels of basketball. For sure. Um, I, don't really, I don't really have a ton else to say. Uh, I, we can burn through some. I gave Alan Griffin a plus one. I thought he yeah, played I mean, really like, well he, in his garbage time he, minutes. Yeah, he almost led that comeback at the end yeah. of the Kings game. What do you have? What did he ended up averaging? I mean, he only played, and this is Adrian Griffin's son, 2.7 minutes. In that time, he scored 2.3 points, which is about 30 per 36. He also had uh, 0.7 rebounds and only 0.3 turnovers in his, uh, in his time. And uh, 1.3 attempts from three. Shot 50%. from. He made one of his two threes, I'm guessing that means. Um, thought he looked good. I, I kind of thought, you know, maybe he was the nepo hurt him. Like, if he if there wasn't nepotism, maybe he would have played more and looked good. Um, I I hope he ends up on the hurt. I don't know if he will. I don't think he has an exhibit ten. But I thought overall, I was like, oh, he's a pretty intriguing wing player. He's kind of lanky. He can shoot. He seemed to play the right way. Um, so I think he has, yeah, he has the most out of anyone left for me. I gave zero to Paris Bass. Anthony Tark and or Tarky and Tyler Bay. I think some of these guys are going to be herd players. I just saw nothing. I so it, it's just like I I don't know what I I don't know what happened. Like I I watched all of these games. I don't know who Tyler Bay is. No, he was bare, he was not out there much. None of none of these remaining guys were. I gave Vin Baker Jr. a minus one. I saw his life ended in front of me, and that's a minus one. He got postered. I don't remember who did it. 
But oh, he got posted hard. You got you got you got sent to the shadow room. Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, I think Vin Baker Senior loses a point per game on his stats because of that. That was that was tough. <laughs> uh, I think Vin. I think Vin Baker Junior. He used to be. He used to be the one posterizing people. Now his son's getting posterized. He's like, life comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Paris Bass, who I'm familiar with, who's with the herd last year. I gave him a zero, like. He's not a good summer league. Player. Higher expectations. Yeah, he kind of just jogs around, which doesn't fly in summer league when everyone's flying around. So tough game for Paris Bass. EJ Montgomery minus three. That may seem out of nowhere. So here's the story: the comeback game, game five, the most fun out of the last three games for sure, because they actually were in it late. Like, so Taco gets hurt, and then I think Tyler Cook might have gotten hurt too. He had a hamstring thing. And they, I don't, I don't know if Timmy was even there. They weren't playing Timmy. So EJ Montgomery was basically the only big they had left. And this is a guy who reported his own two-way with the Bucks last year and then never got it, which I think is hilarious. That's the backstory here. And now he's on the Summer League team. He literally can't move. Like, on offense or defense, he couldn't do anything. Like, they had him out there, and players are just, like, walking around him. Like, he was one of the French trenches in the beginning of World War II. And the, the Germans just like, we're just going to go around. See ya. That was the same idea. And it was just bad. And I was just like, you can't play at the G League level. It was my takeaway from watching him for however many minutes. I, I don't even have the stats. This was one where I was like, I was literally so mad watching him. Because they had a real chance to make a comeback in this game. And they had to play EJ Montgomery at center. And he actually couldn't move and they lost. So minus three. Sorry, EJ Montgomery. Uh, that was horrible. It was not, it was not good. Like a minus three is fair. Might might have been a minus four, but he yeah. wasn't like chucking like Nico. So no, I, he didn't play very much. I mean, but he ended up averaging eight minutes because he played so much in that one game, and it was very bad, and it it, it angered me. It angered you. I was uh, angered. I'm trying to think of a it's a who's that? We've gotten angry about just the most random guys in the past. Oh, it was um. Oh, now I'm blanking on the name. The guy I'm liking I, the post up. He posted up and got absolutely demolished against the Grizzlies. Um, and then I ended up writing about him. He had a really good defensive season for the herd, and they let him go. Oh, uh, what's I, I know? His name. I know. I, I I can't remember his name at all. They could have used him on this team. He would have been good. I'm gonna look. Oh it my up. god, I gotta look this up. Talk talk something. I was gonna look it up. Um, Talk something. I mean, that's all the G League players. I hope people feel like we've covered it in enough detail. I think we have. But honestly, it was not a great summer league run. But I do think we had some I mean we had stuff to talk about and there were some intriguing moments. I, is that is that fair to say? Is that is that enough? I don't know. I think I think it's fair to say that there was some intriguing and like what else could you want from summer league? Like you can't yeah. summer league is not the end all be all. If anything, preseason games matter more to me than summer league, and it's just it's I don't know it's it's just something like it's such a janky environment that it's like <laughs> I I don't know I genuinely don't know what people can take away from this. Yeah. Um, we're both trying. We're both furiously trying to look I know. this up right now. I mean, hopefully, people are excited about Marjan Javin Deloria. Yes, thank you. Who had like an insane on-off defensive impact on the herd um, two seasons ago when he played there. 
So they his on off. No, this is actually overall on off. They were plus one point one net uh, when I wrote this story two years ago when he played, and they were minus eleven point four when he didn't, because they allowed a G League best one hundred two point three points per one hundred in his minutes, and they allowed one fifteen point four when he was sitting, which was last. So they literally went from first to worst. He grew up on a farm. Good for him. This is a great quote, actually. I don't remember this story very well. My background, I grew up on a farm. A lot of times, you just got to do stuff nobody wants to do. That's how I relate to doing post work. A lot of it's grimy. You're in the lane. You're budding. It's ugly, and nobody wants to do it. But that's kind of my bread and butter. That's what I pride myself on. Shout out to Javon Delorier. I don't know where he's... Yeah, I hope, I hope you're doing well. I Jeff. think he played in Summer League somewhere. I would like him back on the herd. I really do think he has very intriguing defensive potential. Yeah, he, he really showed us. He did. I can't pull up enough fast enough where he's at now. But Javon Delorier made up for a really bad post-up in his first Summer League game. So that's to say maybe someone who frustrated us for the Bucks Summer League can do the same. He plays in Lithuania right now. Okay. I bet he's dominating Lithuania defensively. Let's uh, let's let's pull up these stats. Oh boy, oh, this, you love stats. to do this. They don't have stats. I thought he was on a summer league team, but maybe not. Um, let's see. Nope, real GM doesn't have it. Proballers.com. What do you got? No, I don't uh, think he was on a summer league team. Hmm. Oh. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> What's Pro Baller got? Uh, his, his last few games with Lithuania hasn't been great. Uh, like, in the, the last game they won on May 5th, he played 11 minutes, 4 points, 1 rebound. Okay. Uh, 28 minutes on April 23rd, 7, 7 points, 8 rebounds. Yeah. See, that's, uh, that's fine. 18 minutes, 8 points, 4 rebounds. 34 minutes, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Like... That's no context. I got to see the tape. I'm going to go to Lithuania. <laughs> go to Lithuania. I'm going to send Let's John Horst my scouting report. Yeah. We got to get, we got to get We're Javin gonna, back. He's the new, he's the next Giannis. We got to go do our European scouting. I think he's the next Bismack Biombo, which is good. That's Bismack's good. had Bismack's a good career. He has. Everyone thinks he's going I to mean, the Lakers. Why? Christian Wood, they need a backup would, center. They don't have a backup center. I was going to say, why wouldn't you sign Christian Wood? <laughs> he wants more than vet men, and no one's giving it to him. He's not going to get it. I mean, there are still teams with money. They just don't want Christian Wood, which is tough. Exactly. Like, sorry, like he already got a bag, so I'm not like, yeah. I feel too bad for him because it's like, hey, congrats to you. You got you got a big contract. Like, you earned yeah. it, well-deserved. Like, it's, it's just tough right now. There's no middle class in the NBA. Yeah, uh, not according to CJ McCollum was retweeting those tweets saying that yeah, I thought the like yeah, you saw that right? Oh yeah, shameless. Yeah, for context for people who don't know, uh, someone was it Nate Duncan who tweeted? Uh, oh, good. Uh, probably. So 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 much for the NBA middle class dying with this new CBA, and it's just like the Max Struess contract or something. And yeah. CJ McCollum, who's the president of the Players Association, is retweeting that. Who was at the negotiating table for the next CBA? Like it's not like we'll see. It's not. It doesn't look. Good. Uh, yeah, that, that's all I have to say. Oh, this podcast is staunchly anti CJ. I hope he never ends up on the Bucks. Most I, mean, ex- I, I like when the Bucks win in post- the. Pl- I like when the Bucks win in the playoffs. 
Yeah, that's fair. Remember on the post game, uh, the 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 one where they won the title, I said F U C J McCollum. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, iconic. Like, well, yeah, because he was he hated on Giannis at some point or something. Yeah, you during that playoff run, he was. Listen, the thing about C J McCollum is nobody cares. Exactly. Like, what do you what are you gonna do? Like, it, you know, what would be really funny. If the Pelicans traded him back to the Pelicans I know. In like a day, he would have to go. I've looked at it. There's like no other way that it really makes sense unless they gave up Ingram, yes. which I don't think they would do. And he's like, I'm back. <laughs> and then he's going to get bought out because they already Commander. have like the gluttony of guards. He's going to be a full-time podcaster. The dream. Hey, you, it's, it's, you, join us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not full-time podcasters. No, there's, there's hopefully someday. Um, uh, I think now see. that we're talking you know, about how, you, how people can help that is by subscribing to this uh, to this feed. Uh, make sure you check out gspn.info for all of our links, including YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, if you're just listening on your podcast platform, just make sure you're subscribed there. Leave a five star rating and review. Like I mentioned, check out gspn.info for all our links. Like uh, our discord link is in there. All Everything that we you really need, all things GSPN related is at gspn.info. Real quick, real quick. On the podcast platform note, if anyone's still listening, listens on Stitcher, find a new podcast platform. It's shutting down next month in August. We'll remind you, hopefully closer to the front of the episode and and an episode coming soon. No, that's I forgot about it. But um, we know not a ton of people, but some people certainly use Stitcher, a decent amount of listeners. So, you know, if you have access to Apple or Spotify, otherwise there's a bunch of other apps that you can check out, Overcast, CastBox podcast addict i mean there's like literally a million so we would appreciate or youtube we're on youtube um at least all Eurostep episodes not all win in six episodes though so you may want to find a new audio yet you may want to find a new audio platform uh to make sure you don't miss out when stitcher does shut down next month so if you have not done so certainly please do that we want to keep you in the gspn family we do make sure uh yeah just find, find somewhere else there's so many different ways to listen um, it, it, it's just the, sorry, 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 Stitcher shutting down on you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah bummer. Good call out, Ty. Uh, we'll, we'll try to remind everyone at the front next time. I, I, I forgot to, so it's like, it's not like I'm just blaming you. Like I, we, we both forgot. Uh, but yeah, pod random and we will talk to you next time.